0: Many of us encounter chap lips in the winter, sometimes even in the sun, summer, no matter how much treatment balm or home remedies we are trying to do. So, today in this special series of Dry Skin, we are covering chap lips, the full 101 with Dr. Julia Rhodes, an award winning Melbourne based dermatologist and the founder of Spotlight on Skin. Dr. Rhodes is passionate about demystifying the confusing world of skincare by providing evidence-based, unbiased information so that you can make informed decisions when it comes to your skin. And your lips are no different because your lips don't have any oil glands. Their skin is thinner, more delicate than the skin on the rest of your body. So they do run a danger of getting dry and chapped as a result. Because they're more exposed to the elements than the rest of our body, they can develop chapped skin through exposure to sun dry air or extreme cold and chelitis is the medical term for chap lips that can really result from also exposure to an allergen or a medical condition but we are going to cover all of these and more today in this special episode so get comfortable and I hope you enjoy Whether you have a skin interest, a skin query, a skin trauma, or skin disease, I warmly welcome you to Heal Thy Skin, a podcast brought to you by Co. I'm Marnie, dermal clinician, dermoscopist, and your podcast host. Skin is deeper than beauty, and our mission is to build the largest platform of specialized practitioners focused on skin health and skin empowerment. Join me each week where we go deep into the skin and beyond to hear stories and education from leading practitioners on a journey of skin health. This six-part special series podcast was made possible by our fabulous partners, Dermotherapy. And this special series really is deep diving into dry skin conditions. It's also known as cirrhosis. You will be learning about the cause, the therapies, and the stories behind dry skin conditions. Approximately 50% of people over the age of 40 experience dry skin, and it's likely that most people will experience dry skin somewhere on their body at some point in their lives. So this series is relevant to everyone. Dermal therapy aligns with the Derm Health co-values because their products are accessible, which is super important. They can be found at most pharmacies and grocers, plus online. They're also made using evidence-based ingredients. They have clinical studies to back this up and they're dermatologist recommended, so you know that it works. Another big tick is that dermotherapy is Australian made and owned go Aussie. Dermotherapy's range of products for very dry skin are not only hydrating, they also have unique keratolytic properties, and this helps with dead skin deposition and removal. So throughout the series, you'll be hearing more about the results and clinical studies using the dermotherapy products, and we are so excited to bring this series to you because it's the first of its kind. We've never seen this in podcast land where there's a special series dedicated to one specific skin condition. It is different to our older traditional podcast where it's one different episode each week. And we thought um, we know that our community loves to get really deep and dirty into a particular topic. And what better way than to create an entire six part series on this particular topic, which means that it's easy to share. It's easy to learn and immerse and you can come back for later reference or share it with friends, family members, patients, clients, etc. So I'm so looking forward to bringing this to you. I think you're going to love it. Um, We would love to hear your feedback on how you find this special series as well. So make sure that you tag us if you're listening at dermhealth.co and also ensure that you're tagging out wonderful partners at Dermotherapy as well. Okay, let's get right in. As well as Dr. Rose joining me today, you may hear a tiny little human in the background and that is just because of the reality of COVID and sick babysitters and being working parents. Sometimes you just have to sit your child up with plenty of food, soft toys and hope for the best. This episode almost didn't come to light today but I'm so proud that it did and I'm glad that you're listening. So, Julia, what do you think is the biggest misconception about chapped lips?
1: I think it would have to be that you can get addicted to lip balm. A lot of people are worried about this and sometimes don't use lip balm enough because they're nervous that it can make them addicted. But from a sort of scientific physiological sense, it's just not possible to get addicted to lip balm. I think what people are experiencing when they feel like they're addicted to lip balm is that they've developed a habit of putting on lip balm frequently and they've become used to that feeling of having lip balm on the lips. Particularly if you're using a lip balm that contains menthol or camphor, which gives that kind of tingling sensation, some people get a little bit sort of in the habit of having that sensation on their lips. In addition, some lip balms contain some ingredients that can irritate the lips, which may then get you stuck in a bit of a cycle of feeling like you need to use more lip balm. But true lip balm addiction is not a thing. So that's a pretty big misconception out there.
0: It is a big misconception. I know plenty of friends that have stated that they are, in fact, addicted. And I think that's not necessarily the medical term that we would use for lip balm. Yes, yeah, so I agree. tell us a little bit about you and your career and how you got to do the work that you're doing today.
1: Yeah, certainly. So I'm from Perth originally and did all my medical training in Western Australia, my undergraduate training. Then I moved to Melbourne and I did all my dermatology training here in Melbourne. And during that time, I worked through most of the major public hospitals. Since finishing my training, I've been working in a combination of private practice and also at one of the big teaching hospitals in Melbourne. In my practice, I noticed that a lot of patients came to me really confused about skin care. And there is so much sort of misinformation out there or a lot of what's available online is sponsored. So that prompted me to create a website, Spotlight on Skin, which aims to demystify skincare and provide just really factual, evidence-based, unbiased skincare information to help educate regular people.
0: So amongst your busy life of practising dermatologist, you know, partner mother, et cetera, So what is the different types of chelitis, which is the medical term known as chapped lips?
1: So the term chelitis basically means inflammation of the lips. And there are loads of different types and things that can cause this. So eczema, the common skin rash, can actually affect the lips as well and um, create what we call eczematous chelitis. Irritancy. So if someone's in the habit of licking their lips a lot, that can call an irritant, cause an irritant chelitis. Um, allergy to things like fragrances in lip balms or other skincare products can cause an allergic chelitis. Interestingly, allergies to ingredients in things like nail polish can actually cause an allergic inflammation of the lips as well. Some medications like isotretinoin, which is used for acne, can cause chelitis as well. And severe sun damage can as well, as well as nutritional deficiencies, like being low in iron, can also cause a certain type of chelitis called angular chelitis. In addition, some less common conditions that affect other parts of the body can cause inflammation of the lips. For example, inflammatory bowel disease can, or an autoimmune condition called lupus can sometimes affect the lips as well.
0: I did not expect to have so many different ways that you can develop geritis. So fascinating. And I've got my mind set on one of those, and you mentioned that nail polish can have an ingredient that can cause this. Have you ever seen a correlation between someone that bites their nails and chat lips?
1: You know, I haven't, but I'm sure that that's happened because it is quite a common allergen in nail polish that can cause inflammation. So, look, I've not personally seen it, but I'm sure if you ask the other dermatologists in Australia, I'm sure somebody's seen it.
0: Yeah, how interesting. So we've talked about many types of chap lips. Some of the symptoms, I mean, everyone I'm sure has had dry lips. But as a dermatologist, what are some of those clinical things that you see?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, dry chapped lips are pretty common. Almost all of us would have experienced it at some point in time. And what we mostly notice are our lips feeling a bit dry and scaly. If it's really severe, they can even crack and split and become painful. Sometimes they can be itchy. And from an appearance perspective, you might see that your lips look a bit more wrinkly. They might even have sort of dry bits of skin coming off, maybe look a little bit more pink than usual. Yeah, they're the most common symptoms.
0: Earlier, you mentioned that sun exposure and high sun exposure can cause chapped lips. When would someone, I guess, be at risk of or know the difference when they should maybe see a dermatologist for chapped lips or sun exposure?
1: So, I think anybody who's got chapped lips that aren't getting better with sort of usual treatments so things like which we'll probably get to but things like avoiding irritants and using a really good lip balm if your lips aren't getting better it's probably worth getting them looked at by a professional particularly if you have got a background of heavy sun exposure because the lips are quite a high risk site for getting skin cancer and skin cancers on lips can be pretty difficult and hard to treat particularly the lower lips so i think any sort of chat lips that sort of feel a bit different from usual or aren't getting better with usual things that would help, it's uh, time to get them looked at by a professional.
0: Yes, great advice. And in regards to the risks of chat lips, you mentioned that you can have pain. But what if someone has really severe chat lips and it's and it's chronic? Are there certain other things that can occur that may be really risky?
1: I think the main risks of really severe chapped lips would be if they were to get so bad that they were cracking, splitting and bleeding, any sort of break in the skin could allow germs to get in. So it could be a portal for infection. So you could potentially get an infection of the lips. So that would be the main risk of severe chapped lips, as well, of course, as the discomfort from having to live with lips like that and potentially having to modify your diet to accommodate them.
0: So something that we haven't covered, Julia, is why we get chat lips. Like you've talked about some of the reasons, but how is the skin on our lips different to that of the rest of our body?
1: Yeah, so the skin on our lips is different in a couple of ways. Firstly, it's very thin and delicate skin compared to the skin elsewhere in the body. So, you know, on our back and on our hands and feet, the skin is quite thick the skin on our lips and the eyelids is very thin. So often it's sort of more sensitive than skin elsewhere in the body. In addition, we do so much with our mouth. You know, we spend all day talking. Some people breathe through their mouth. We brush our teeth, we eat, we chew. Some people bite up their nails. So we're constantly exposing our lips, a whole bunch of different products and sort of different textures as well. So that means our lips are more subject to different kinds of potential traumas compared to skin elsewhere on our body and being that coupled with skin being more thin and delicate and sensitive means it's a higher risk site to develop irritation or inflammation.
0: Of course and so many of these things are almost unavoidable. Breathing through your mouth or <laughs> eating certain foods etc.
1: Exactly. It would be impossible to avoid them all.
0: Yeah. So are there foods or drinks that we should be avoiding for those that have chapped lips?
1: So when the lips are chapped, people may find that acidic or spicy foods can aggravate them So things like citrus, tomato and chilli. Some people find that salty foods may aggravate chapped lips. In addition, rough food, so for example, taking a big bite into a piece of really cooked toast, it's quite abrasive, so that can cause minor injuries to the lips as well. So if the lips are chapped, it may be worth avoiding those things just until they heal.
0: Good advice. So, keep away from your chili foods and look after them until at least those the, your skin is not impaired anymore. You don't have splits in your skin because not only is it going to make them worse, but it's going to be really uncomfortable too, right? Stinging and, and exactly. pain.
1: Yeah.
0: We've talked about some of the reasons that people get chapped lips, as far as health conditions or medications. Are you able to talk to us a little bit more in depth? Maybe not about all of them, but some of the ones that you see most in your clinic.
1: Yeah, certainly. So, firstly, most cases of trapped lips are just due, due to the lips drying out. But other common causes include so eczema. So people with that tendency towards eczema can definitely get it affecting their lips. Irritancy or allergy from products. Something people often don't realize is if you're using sort of active skincare products on your face, say for example, a topical retinoid or an alpha hydroxy acid, often there's a bit of transfer onto the lips. So even though i don't imagine many people will be putting their retinoid directly onto the lips sometimes it does spread and that can cause an irritant colitis and discomfort of the lips so often i have a hard time convincing my patients that if they've got dry lips they should maybe back off with the rest of their skincare. but it actually can make a really big difference and if that is a problem in future applying something like some lip balm to the lips before putting on the active skincare can help protect them from being exposed to ingredients that would be a bit harsh for the delicate lip skin. In addition, so there are some more serious internal conditions that can cause inflammation of the lips. There's a condition called granulomatous chelitis that can cause the sort of lumpy, rubbery-feeling lips. Lupus and inflammatory bowel disease, nutritional deficiencies can all cause inflammation of the lips. In addition to those certain medications, so there's isotretinoin that we discussed that's used for acne that can commonly cause dry lips. It's also got a cousin called acetretin, which is used for some other skin conditions like psoriasis, and that can cause chapped dry lips as well.
0: So, Julia, for those that may have chapped lips or not know if it's perioral dermatitis, how would you tell the difference?
1: So, great question. So, perioral dermatitis is a condition that presents as small red bumps on the skin around the mouth, which can be itchy or a bit tender sometimes. And it can affect the skin around the nose and the eyes as well, in which case we call it periorificial dermatitis. It doesn't tend to affect the lips themselves. So that's a key way to differentiate. And it looks more like red bumps rather than dry skin. So it's usually fairly easy to tell the two conditions apart. However, it is common to have both at the same time. So it is quite possible that they coexist.
0: And I also wanted to go back and ask about the nutritional deficiencies. You mentioned that sometimes nutritional deficiencies can lead to chat lips. Are you able to let us know what some of those may be?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So there's a specific type of chelitis that nutritional deficiencies can cause, which is is called angular chelitis, which is more irritation and inflammation of of the corners of the lips and the mouth rather than the whole lip themselves. And in patients presenting with this we would usually check the nutrients like iron levels B12 and zinc because sometimes being low in those nutrient elements can contribute to angular keelite.
0: This podcast series is brought to you by DermHealth Co in partnership with Dermotherapy. Dermotherapy Lip Balm Original is Australia's number 1 lip balm with one of their lip balms being sold every 30 seconds in Australia. Absolutely incredible. Okay, let's launch back into the podcast. Hmm, how interesting. Um, I'm learning so much on this interview. There is a lot more to chat lips than I ever thought possible. I'd really like to talk about skin cancer in the lips. We've touched on that a little bit as far as when to go see a dermatologist, but being in Australia, our risk's of skin cancer is so incredibly high. I'm sure you see it all the time in your practice. So let's get into the importance of looking after your lips in to prevent skin cancer and the risks of that because it may not necessarily be melanoma but non-melanoma can be quite disfiguring. We see this on the lip area a lot. So are you able to share a little bit more about this?
1: Absolutely. So the lips are a really high risk site for skin cancer. A lot of us, forget to put sunscreen on our lips. I think we're all getting better and better at putting sunscreen in our skin, but often we forget to put sunscreen on our lips and crucially, we forget to reapply because with the lips, we're eating, drinking, talking. So it's easy to inadvertently wipe off some sunscreen. So it's important to keep reapplying it. So in the lips, the most common skin cancer is called a squamous cell carcinoma, but you can get any skin cancer, including melanoma on the lips and it's most common on the lower lip because this is the area that gets more sun exposure than the upper lip but you can get it on either skin cancer on either lip and skin cancers that develop on the lips are an issue they're a big issue for two reasons one is that they do tend to be a bit more aggressive than skin cancer elsewhere on the body and secondly they can be quite difficult to treat You know, cutting a skin cancer out of somebody's tummy where there's plenty of excess skin is fairly straightforward, but cutting a skin cancer out of someone's lip can be quite tricky surgery, can be quite complicated and disfiguring, and skin cancers in the lip do have a higher risk of spreading to areas like lymph nodes, which can be quite dangerous.
0: Mm. So what about applying SPF to our lips? Is there things that we need to consider? So what about the safety of SPF consumption? Because if we're applying and reapplying SPF on our lips, we're going to inevitably going to be licking our lips and consuming some of that as well. Do we need to consider this?
1: Yeah, look, great question. I mean, sunscreen isn't designed to be eaten. However, SPF contained in lip balms is you know, it's, it's understood that a little bit of it will be consumed and the amount that you would ingest by licking off a little bit of lip balm containing SPF is pretty small and it's unlikely to cause any harm. I think the risk of not applying sunscreen and risking developing skin cancer would be far greater than the tiny risk you may get of ingesting a tiny
0: amount of sunscreen. Yes, excellent point. Now we're going to start talking about treating chap lips. These have got some really Interesting questions that I'm really excited to hear your um, point from them. But just from a general perspective, how do we treat chat lips?
1: So, the first thing definitely is trying to identify the cause. So, what is causing your chat lips? And also excluding products that could be contributing. So, this includes looking at products that we're applying directly to the lips, but also to the skin around the lips. So, looking at what lip balms, glosses, lipsticks you're using as well as our skincare, it's particularly important to look at products that contain fragrance, as well as things like essential oils and flavourings, because these can irritate the lips, as well as um, menthol, camphor and lanolin. So these products, are, these ingredients are commonly found in products designed for the lips. And a lot of people can tolerate them without issue, but some people do find that they are a problem. So looking at what you're applying and trying to work out if anything could be making the problem worse is really important. Then, as we sort of touched on before, having a look at the active ingredients you're using elsewhere, things like the retinoids, alpha hydroxy acids, beta hydroxy acids, just to make sure they're not accidentally transferring onto the lips and aggravating the lips. So being really careful when you're applying them or even having a break until your chapped lips heal. Then looking at the food that you're eating and whether anything that you're eating could possibly be aggravating your lips. As we mentioned before, things like tomatoes or citrusy foods can sometimes irritate. Keeping an eye out to see if you're a frequent licker of your lips. Now, sometimes we don't actually know this, so it might be helpful to Ask a family member or a friend or colleague just to keep an eye on you when you're not aware to see if you're licking your lips or rubbing them because often people do it a lot and don't even know. And this can aggravate chapped lips. So working out if you do do that and if so, trying to limit it because it can really affect the lips. Scrubbing all the dead skin off the lips is not necessary. A lot of people think they need to sort of go to town with a scrub. Not required and can actually sometimes damage the lips a bit more. They will naturally sort of shed the dead skin themselves. So once you've kind of addressed all those factors, then using a fragrance-free hypoallergenic lip balm or ointment frequently that contains some really good hydrating ingredients such as urea or glycerin is your best bet, as well as wearing a lip balm with SPF when you're outdoors
0: so many things to unpack there so i love that you mentioned urea because you were talking about exfoliation before we know that urea can help exfoliate lips but i've heard of people using sugar scrubs toothbrushes and things like this which would you recommend against
1: definitely Any so, so there are a couple of classes of chemical exfoliants which are sort of the ingredients in products and physical exfoliants which are things like your sugar scrubs and physical scrubs like a toothbrush, these can cause minor abrasions in the skin, particularly the lips where the skin is so delicate. So I would advise against using any of them. Rest assured, your lips will naturally shed any dead skin cells themselves. And particularly if you're struggling with dry or chapped lips, physical exfoliants could just make the problem worse.
0: Good point. And I'm really interested to hear about the licking of the lips as well because I tend to lick my lips, I think, when my lips are dry, which really makes it worse. Absolutely. saliva can actually be quite acidic and irritating
1: and can dry the lips out more. So if people often get stuck in this cycle where their lips feel dry, so they lick them and then they get even drier. So identifying that you're doing it, trying really hard to stop And instead, applying a really good lip balm whenever you have the urge to lick the lips is the best way to break that cycle and help heal the lip.
0: Interesting. Now we're going to talk about some more clinical type things. So what about injectable fillers? Can this help improve lip hydration? Yeah, this is a bit of a myth. So injectable fillers often
1: do a good job at making the lips look more hydrated because when you've had an injectable filler, the lips look more plump and any sort of wrinkles or ridges may be smoothed out. However, they don't actually do anything to increase the hydration of the lip.
0: Okay, well, I'm glad we cleared that up. What about other clinical procedures? Does anything else help to with chat lips?
1: Look, there are some procedures, some out there that are sort of as improving dry lips and treating them. And often these can entail a combination of things. Often the treatment will start with a physical exfoliant, such as a scrub to remove dead skin cells. Sometimes microneedling is done, and then a combination of moisturisers and things like tropical hyaluronic acid are applied to the lips to help improve dry or chapped lips. So these things may temporarily make the lips appear a bit more hydrated and plump, but they're unlikely to provide any sort of permanent results. If the issue is sun damage related dryness of the lips, then there are some treatments such as laser treatments as well as certain creams and light treatments that can help address the sun damage, which would then improve the appearance of sun damage related chelitis.
0: Are these things that people often request for in clinic or would you more see this if it was a serious case of dry, sore, bleeding, cracked lips?
1: Patients tend, for me at least, tend not to request are sort of invasive procedures for dry lips but often they'll come in with sort of dry itchy chapped lips and usually we can manage that with a combination of good skin care if they're very inflamed sometimes we would have to use a topical steroid and if there is sun damage involved then we may need to treat that with a cream or a laser or a light treatment
0: are you able to explain a little bit further how a light or laser treatment can assist with chapped lips
1: yeah, so these ones are solely for the sun damage-related dryness of the lips, so a condition called actinic chelitis. So they wouldn't be suitable for the average person with chapped lips. Usually they're for the older patient who's had a lot of sun over their life and is at risk of developing skin cancer. And in these patients, sometimes certain ablated lasers are used to help remove the damaged skin cells in the lips or sometimes a medicated cream is applied that is then activated by a light. And this helps to remove the damaged skin cells as well and helps then sort of treat the actinic colitis and reduce the longer term risk of developing a skin cancer on the lips.
0: Julia, you've covered so much. We always ask in every interview if there's any additional advice for our listeners. I'm not sure if there will be because we've covered so many different subjects. But do you have any advice for our listeners in regards to chat lips, especially being the dead of winter right now? Absolutely. I
1: think even though it's the dead of winter, please remember sunscreen in your lip balm and reapply. Avoiding fragrance. A lot of lip balms contain fragrance and this can be an irritant for our lips or even cause allergies. So avoiding fragrance. And finally, if your lips aren't getting better, please see a professional because there are so many things we can do to help. And it is no fun living with uncomfortable dry lips. So if they're not responding to lots of lip balm, please see someone to get them checked out.
0: Yes, thank you for all your advice. Now, finally, tell us a little bit more about how people can find about more about you and the work that you offer.
1: So I'd love people if interested to check out my website, spotlightonskin.com, where there's lots of general skincare information and you can learn a little bit more about me.
0: Well, thank you so much, Julia, for your time today. It's, again, been so fascinating to hear so much. We've had many people want to know more about dry lips. We had an overwhelming response in our polls, so I'm sure this has answered all of their questions. Thank you, Marnie. Thank you so much for having me. This six-part special series podcast was made possible by our partners, Dermal Therapy. Thank you so much, Dermal Therapy. We could not have made the series without you one of the key benefits of dermotherapy that we love besides of course its clinically proven results is accessibility you can pick up their products most places the dermotherapy products are available nationwide across pharmacy so chemist warehouse and all other major and independents plus woolies and a select range at coles amazon is now stocking the full range online as well so you can jump online and purchase or visit them in store. If you'd like to learn more, go to dermotherapy.com.au. What an episode. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed recording and creating this for you. There was lots of fantastic tips shared, and we would love for you to share this online so you can take a screenshot of you listening tag us at dermhealth.co also make sure you tag our partners at dermal therapy and we just want to say a big special thanks to our partners dermal therapy um, for digital health co for producing this podcast series and we look forward to bringing you another episode really soon bye for now and be skin powered